0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Pinchas Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah in Parshas Pinchas. Our Aliyah is 15 sukim long and runs from Perik Chauf Yud to Perik Chavov, Dalad. The main focus of our uh, Aliyah is Yerusha Sabas, the, the topic in the Torah of young ladies inheriting their fathers and new leadership. You are sure being coronated as the new leader of Israel. Let's look at each section individually. The first section is about the Yerusha Sabbath. Remember that the Benoist Tzlovchot, the daughters of the Tzlovchot, have asked of Moshe Rabbeinu that why should they lose out having a portion in the land of Israel? And that is what happens when Moshe Renu presents their matter in front of Hashem. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu confirms in this Aliyah that they are Dovros. They are in fact true. They are correct. They have made the right request. They do get an inheritance of the father, and, then the, and Moshe Rabbeinu is then told by Hashem, the procedure of inheritance and how it goes son, and then if not son, then daughter, then brothers, then brothers of the father, and how the wife fits into this. this is a very complicated discussion, which is expanded upon in Bava Basra. The next thing we hear about in Arlia is new leadership. Hashem tells Moshe to go up to Hara and look at the land, to see, to gaze into the land, and he will be gathered to his people like Aaron because of the episode of Maim River. At this point, Moshe Rabbeinu turns to Hashem and he asks for a new leader. He says, Hashem, the God of all the spirits of all flesh, please appoint a person on the community so that Israel should not be a flock. Without a shepherd. Hashem then tells him to choose Yoshua, a man, Asher Ruach Boy, who has the spirit of Hashem upon him, and he is told to bring Yoshua in front of the entire community to transfer his hoid, his splendor, to Yoshua publicly. He does this in the presence of Elazar with the Urim Vatumim, and this is done. He puts does semicha, this is the first transfer of leadership from one generation to the next, which is publicly done by Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the summary of the Aliyah. Let's look at a few points to ponder. Number one is this interesting whole discussion about the Yerusha's Habas, the inheritance of the daughter. What would have happened if the Benoist of God had not stepped forward? Would there have been, in fact, this law on the books that a daughter inherits or not? Was it their, their request which brought this about? Rashi oh, quotes, the Gemari Makos talks about this, actually, no, it, this, this would have happened independently. Of the daughters of Chod, but I Baruch Hu allows, similar to in the in this, the topic of Pesach Sheni, which we saw earlier on in Parashas Balayischa, that they, where they also asked Lama Nigara, why should we be uh, excluded? Kosh Baruch does what's called He allows righteous people to be the vehicle of righteous decisions and laws. So Hashem would have given the notion of of the, of the inheritance of daughters, yet He waited until there would be those who cared enough about it to ask and therefore followed up as if they were the ones who brought this about as well. Another question. Why is Hashem telling that Moshe that he cannot enter the land right now? so rashi explains well when moshe heard about this whole description of yerusha Sa'aretz inheriting the land he thought the decree was over and he said maybe Asher maybe i can get in now Saqaj so affirmed that, unfa- unfortunately, he was not able to. Another possibility Rashi presents is that Moshe saw that he was actually in the land of Gad and Reuven. At this point in time, he's in the Trans-Jordan area, which is to be requested very shortly by the tribes of Gad and Reuven as their territorial land. And he thought, maybe, because, I mean, we'll call it the extension of the periphery of Israel, maybe I can actually um, be in Israel itself. I'm mean, at the entranceway of the hall. Maybe I can enter the palace, the hall itself. And Hakosh Baruch Hu says, No, that in fact is not correct. Another question. What is the purpose of this whole business, this whole ceremony of Moshe Rabbeinu and Smecha and in front of Israel and so on? The Ibn Ezra points out, So that... Israel should know. So B'nai Israel should see this clearly. In fact, unfortunately, you see this in, in many situations where you have a very, very great leader and they disappear without a contingency plan, without a future plan. There often follows a huge amount of infighting. Who did that person really want? Why, why was it? In fact, it reminds me of a, a, a story about a town where there was a particular rov and uh, he passes away, and his firstborn is, assumes, the, assumes the position of ruler of the town. Unfortunately, at the end of the shiva, the second son comes to the entire community, and he asks for a meeting of the shiva, the board members of the city, and he goes in front of them and he says, you know, I had this dream last night, and my father came to me in a dream and said, you know, that it's true that my brother is older than me, but in the end of the day, my father said, you should be the one who should be the leader. So everybody says, Ooh, the, the rabbi came to him in a dream, we should really listen to this. So they're, they're about to change the position and you know, give the second son the inheritance. Um, and then one of the elderly men at the back of the, the shul said, well, I that doesn't make sense. If your father had wanted us to choose you, you should have come to us in a dream. And that's the truth, is that after a, a, a big leaders disappear, unfortunately, there's a lot of machlokas, lots of people do funny things to get all kinds of power. So Moshe Rabbein is making sure that nobody's getting a dream, Moshe Ben is making it unequivocally clear that his leader is Yahshua, and there's not going to be any any uh, any d- uh, debate on the topic. Finally, one last point is that it's interesting that Moshe Rabbeinu uses the term You've got Hashem Hashem, the God of all the spirits, of all flesh. Why does he use that term? It's a very unusual de- description of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rashi says, because Hashem, you know the complexity in the, of all the individuals. Everybody is so unique. Everybody has their own wants, whims, and wills. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you appoint somebody who can be so who can appreciate all those differences and the different needs they have and all the different complaints. And they won't realize that the leader is actually serving other people while they're not getting what they want. And leaders can only do so much while they're trying to serve a very, very diverse population. So Rav Sarotsky in his uh, sefer, Oznaim points out that they may be true that you need to have a leader who has a sense of what we we'll call a, de- a democratic heart. But when it comes down to policy, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to, her, to to him, he says, mm-hmm. He has a person who's in Ish, who has spirit in him. Contrast that to how Mosh Rabbeinu was asking. Mosh Rabbeinu was asking for Kosh uh, to find a person who can understand all the spirits. And it's very good to understand all the spirits and to be empathetic and to listen to all those ideas. But in the end of the day, normative practice has only one position. The regulations can only incorporate one perspective, Ruach and that's Hashem's way. So yes, that's the model of a leader, is a person who can hear all the different versions, the different perspectives, the different angles, but in the end of the day, have one policy. And that's what, what frames the leadership of Kala Yisrael. With this, we close the fourth Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.